Hello and welcome to Cooking to the Bull in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben. As always, I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. Claire. Hey. And Pete. Hello. And today we're going to talk about the Enfield Poltergeist, or what well, else we call it, we could call it The Conjuring 2. Right. Based on this, the, the, the true Enfield. story of the Conjuring Two, <laughs> not yes. the sexed-up version. Well, that, the, the, the we'll, film. We'll get into that later <laughs> on. The Enfield Haunting, or if you're reading the Guy Lyon Playfair book, it was recorded. This house is haunted. A title straight to the point. But first, we'll thank some new and returning listeners. Where shall I start? Shepherdsville, Kentucky, Chicago, Illinois, Eugene, Oregon, Market Harbour in the UK, Potton in the UK. Helsinki in Finland, Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, hang on. Bukaramanga, I think that's how you say it. Colombia. Nice. Bengaluru in India, Dublin, Ireland. Cincinnati, Ohio. Madrid, Spain. Stockholm in Sweden. Toronto, Canada. Boardman, Oregon. Guadalajara, Spain. Ashburn, Virginia. Stevenage in the UK. And Porticoville, Missouri. Thank you to you all. Tell a friend. Tell several friends. Tell your wank sock if that's the only friends you've got. Because <laughs> it's probably grown ears by now. At this point, it's probably pregnant. <laughs> tell your inflatable friend. I don't care as long as they as long as they can click a button and listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can follow us on Facebook at Cut the Bull in the Post Truth Apocalypse, SoundCloud, and most other platforms at Cut the Bull in the PTA, and YouTube is Apocalypse Ball. So I've been asked to join the Illuminati in a Facebook spam message this week, guys. So um, this might be my last episode with you before I go off and start secretly ruling the world, secretly running the world. You're interested, are you, then? I am. If you give me a sweet-ass robe, I'm definitely in for it. <laughs> yeah. So is that, that's what you've sent back to them? Do I get a robe? I, I should reply to them, really. I'm going to, I think. I'm going to say, what sort of robe do I get? <laughs> I think it's worth asking. You want me to run, secretly help run the world, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a robe. I think it's fair. Want to look like a fucking Sith Lord? Because <laughs> let's face it, it's pretty much a Sith Lord. You're a Sith Lord, aren't you? If you knew you're like my true enemy. I'm a, I'm a Jedi, aren't I? Yeah, you're I'm a Jedi be, Master. Yeah, but you're going to be. <laughs> Mike, you've just promoted yourself two levels, mate. You're the oldest Padawan in the temple, buddy. <laughs> this time next year, I'll be a Jedi Master. I doubt it very much. This time next year, Rodney. Rodney. <laughs> I doubt, Mike, that you're going to learn about 10,000 years of Jedi wisdom in the space of the next year yeah. to jump two levels. I doubt when it's it been, as well, because there's been no the, such thing. It's been three years, and you still haven't read past the second question. There is. I'm a member of the Jedi Church. I, I know there is one, because it, it was probably about 15, 20 years ago, wasn't it? It became like this thing, and like, make Jedi religion. Mm-hmm. My mate Rob signed up to it yeah. and all sorts. I think I did. To be honest. There you go, brother in arms. Um, 2v1 now. It's always a Sith threat number, that's where better fires. I must be like one of these sleeper agents that I just haven't been uh, activated. activated just as yet. It's Order 66, Peter Clone Trooper. <laughs> <laughs> you just said something. That was, I feel funny. Oh, oh I'm moving. <laughs> I don't want to. Have you got that drill in your hand, Pete? Why are you coming for my temple? <laughs> Put the knife down! <laughs> There we go, that's that problem solved. (laughs) Right, the Enfield haunting, and this is the most accurate that we could get. Because with the Conjuring 2 coming out and being, I'll quote, based on this, obviously it is based on it, but there's been a lot of embellishment. Which is fair enough, because it's a film. Yes. If they'd have left it with just the bare facts, it wouldn't have done as well in the cinema and things no, like that would it let's a face box it. moving cardboard box moving on its own it's yeah, hard a chair moving a chair moving yeah, three yeah. foot just it, but whereas in the film it goes around the corner and sh- you know what I mean it's, so. it's not even that it's the fact that they got the people who this happened to yeah. and basically made them lie for money or contractual reasons to, to say that all these embellished facts happened mm. investigators wrote down and recorded meticulously everything that happened and none of that stuff did but what you'll find is obviously with any media broadcasting that they do what they want with what people say don't they they edit it in their own way manipulate it, manipulate it don't they so <coughs> she may not have ever like said oh that ghost appeared to me and jumped out at me like it did in the film but the way they edit the they show that clip and then they show her talking kind of around that 
Well, for the you, country, you know they, what I mean? they did a rare interview. Yeah. Because they haven't really spoke about this. We watched two, didn't we? BBC and Channel 4. Yeah. And they would have been Ten in their 50s. years apart. Yeah. BBC one was from 1982. Oh, the BBC one oh, was from right. yeah. And then it was 2007. Yeah. yeah. That was right. And their stories remain pretty consistent in those two. Yeah. The second we watched the one that was The Conjuring... Like a little 10 minute... little 10 minute one, and they interviewed them again. The story had changed out of all recognition before, you know, the curtains are strangling her. Mm. Well, you didn't mention that in either of those interviews. So say what you will about that. Ed and Lorraine Warren, of course, notorious fakers. We'll get into their part in this in a little bit towards the end. They're not to be trusted. I wouldn't trust them. <coughs> I wouldn't trust either of them as far as I could throw them. Throw away quite far. She's a tiny. Oh, you're right, Dan. <laughs> yeah, okay. Bad analogy. Uh. All right. The Enfield Poltergeist, the name given to the story of one of the paranormal phenomena that occurred at an average council house in Enfield, North London, in 1977. So Star Wars has just come out. Yay! Um. And this poor working-class family in the 70s in Britain, on benefits, single mom, life's probably not very good. Mm. The 70s was not a good time in the UK. You're on Late three, 70s, yeah. Three-day weeks, rolling blackouts, rubbish piling up in the streets, strikes... Yeah. It's not a good time. I don't think we're far off that now, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, we're probably not. But well, yeah, I mean, the whole financial system collapsed in 2008. It's been on a life support machine ever since then. Mm. Pull the plug. Interesting that, uh, not political aside here, that Boris claimed that Corbyn would take us back to the 70s. I said, if Boris has been doing that perfectly well on his own. Yeah, it's <laughs> ironic, isn't it? <laughs> and what was the other thing that May used to say? Strong and stable. Strong and stable. Total opposite. <laughs> it's amazing. Never give a slogan as a politician. There you go. It's now become the centre of a major Hollywood film, The Conjuring 2, as well as the Enfield Haunting series on Sky TV, both with star-studded casts. The story of the Enfield poltergeist has divided many, with some respected members of paranormal societies believing the account of the Hudson family to be entirely accurate. However, many sceptics think that many elements of the story earmark it as being a hoax. Although we may never exactly know what happened, the poltergeist in Enfield is still the most fascinating ghost story in modern British history. So, as I said, begins in 1977 and centred on the Hodgson family, mainly on the youngest daughter Janet, mother Peggy, daughters Margaret, 13, and Janet, 11, and two sons, Johnny, 10, and Billy, 7, lived in an average semi-detached council house in Enfield. Not uh, like a castle. Or a hotel yeah. or anything like that. Your average, probably a three-bed semi on a, in this scenario. Two boys, two girls sharing. Now, the first event in the haunting is disputed. It could have started with knocks. I found something interesting about poltergeist knocks. Mm -hmm. If I knock the table, right, when I knock the table, yeah, it's just one sound. If you put that on a, an audiograph, it would just show the sound and me hitting that at the same time. Yeah. With a poltergeist thing, the sound and the impact are different. The sound comes in first and then the impact is heard on an audiograph. Hmm. Strange. Okay. Which is quite interesting, I thought. Started with knocking up, but then it's either the, it's the beds or moving Janet and Margaret's rooms, and they're in bed, and the beds start shaking. And they're like, ah, oh, Mom, Mom, come on. You know, and she's just like, oh, stop pissing around, come on. Told her to buy that vibrating bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine the furniture in, in their house is, is rather used, let's say. Mm -hmm. Later on, you find out that she has to get rid of some of the furniture because she bought it second-hand off a family down the road. <laughs> whose father, the father in the house, had smothered the daughter to death with a pillar when they killed himself. Fuck yeah. Uh, and they bought, Peggy bought some of the furniture from that house. She was advised to get rid of it because they're like, well, that might be the reason. Might be haunted furniture you've got. Never. So they're open to the idea already, aren't they? Oh, these are what people told them. Yeah, that's that's investigators, psychics. And they, moved, and they got rid of the furniture because of that. They did get rid of the furniture. Yeah. Yes. I'm saying these people are already open to the. I don't think that they are open to it. Well, you, you just said that they had haunted furniture. Yeah, that they, they were advised it. to get rid of it yeah, by the did. investigators. Maybe because they want this thing to stop. Oh, okay. Is this, this is after it started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought it was before. So. No, no. 
So the chest of drawers is the main instigator of this. The chest of drawers just shoves forward a few feet, four or five feet into the middle of the room. The girls scream, the only comes running, what's going on? Stop fucking, oh, stop messing around. You know, that We didn't do anything that moved on its own. This is a heavy wooden chest of drawers. So Peggy tries to push it back and she does push it back the first time. She walks the door, the thing shoots forward again. All right, what the fuck? Goes to push it, can't move it. Now at this point, all these knocks are going on, the furniture's going, the beds are around. They huddle downstairs. They, they get so frightened, they go to the neighbour's house. The Nottinghams, the guy there was a builder, wasn't he? With some great teeth. Fantastic British 1977 teeth. As you can imagine, they're not very good. <laughs> but that was the 70s. Thank God. Contrary to American belief, British teeth have been a lot better in the last 30 years. Yeah. The interview I read about this guy was like, oh yeah, well, he, he's a builder, he wasn't scared of nothing. A builder's particularly hard. Your dad's pretty tough, he was yeah, a builder. That, you have your reputation, don't you, as a builder. You're a builder, you're a man's man, you're a lad. Yeah. You always do your physical labour, etc. You're quite strong and, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? And it's that image, isn't it? Yeah. To be fair, Mike's dad, even in his 50s, was like, your dad was a builder, wasn't he? Yeah. You wouldn't have fucked with him. Mm. Big, big dude. Bloke. The Mail recently got criticised, didn't they, for criticising builders, saying that... They were woke. Yeah, the woke builders. Because they talk about their feelings and they've ditched fry-ups and yeah. they mm. don't read the Daily Mirror, Daily Mail, presumably, anymore. I watched the, the comeback from the union rep. He replied to the Daily Mail in a video and said, like... Of course we talk about our feelings, we're away for weeks at a time from our families, people get depressed. Yeah. Mm. He says, we're in a trade where we've got the highest suicide rate amongst men. And he goes, of course we talk about our feelings, we don't want anyone to not come home. Mm. He goes, and we all love a breakfast. How dare you say we do So that's a lie. Is that <laughs> he goes, well, most of us read a proper paper and he pours it in the Daily Mirror. <laughs> He comes round and he stands in the front room with him and he can hear the knocks and he's thinking, well, he's a builder, so houses make noise, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he's going analytical on it. He's this. going analytical on it and he's like, I've never heard an house make these noises before. Mm. So it's no particular source. He's just noises just wrapping around the room. The police were called because why not, I guess? Yeah. You know, what else you do? Who, who else are you going to call? Ghostbusters work hey, around there. Hey, not until 1986. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a valid point. What yeah, do you yeah. do? Who else are you going to call? You it's know, either them or the fire brigade, isn't it? I mean, maybe <laughs> there's someone, I don't know, who's dug a fucking cavity at your walls and they're hiding between walls. I don't know. Maybe there's eyes yeah, in the fucking know, attic. Do you do don't even know. You've no yeah. idea, I guess. So the police come here. That's what's interesting here. Is a policewoman witnessed a chair move four feet across the floor, slid across the floor on its did, own. On its completely. own, didn't move off the floor, nothing, just slid across. She wrote that in a report. She was interviewed about it. Is it a policewoman. A policewoman. She did a full report. She on it, wrote it she? in a report. But all right, okay, the chair moved on its own. That's not really our job. Yeah, what, what, can she, what can she do about that? You can't arrest a ghost. <laughs> can't arrest a chair either. You can't arrest a chair. <laughs> but the fact that a policewoman who they're sworn under oath to be completely honest, and certainly in the 70s yeah, when the country was a lot more Christian, things like that, chances are, you know what I mean? You didn't. Alright, every force has a bent copper, but generally speaking, police are. There to tell the truth, the whole truth. Nothing I'd have the truth would have been a thing. big copper in the 70s. Yeah, it'd have been good fun, wouldn't it? In the it? flying squad, you know, like one of the guys in plain clothes and you're driving around and you're. But my point. In your sporty yeah, British. But the point car. is, the police don't tell the truth. No, but most my, of the time. my point is on that, you'd like to believe Look that. Look at the her report, police. Well, the shooting. It's all lying, weren't they? Saying that we couldn't get in there and things, and then apparently they were there within three minutes of the shooter. Yep. They know they fucked up. Oh, yeah, I know, but the lining covered up. It's yeah. only because they come oh, yeah. out of the quarry. But my point is, nineteen seventy-seven was a very different time. Yeah, very. It's even worse than now. Yeah. Yeah, but as a policewoman, <laughs> well, she's a trained observer, if nothing else. Yeah, and she has no reason to lie about a chair moving. That's my point. She could have been duped, though. Fishing she line. Could have, she could have been duped. It could have been one of the kids of the fishing line. But she did say 
instantly she, 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 did she had she examined a good it. look yeah. around there was nothing attached to it then she got a marble put it on the floor to make sure there wasn't just some weird sliding, sliding elevation or something on the floor which there wasn't because the marble didn't move and but I'd like to believe the fact that the policewoman she's not going to lie and embellish it why would she because she's a professional could you imagine the, the stick, stick? exactly so why would you lie about something like that especially as a police person what I lost the marbles <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean that's the thing it's 1977 reports you know like it's like we said pilots supporting UFOs mm. they were ridiculed before now they're encouraged yeah she'd have been probably had, she'd have had the piss she would have yeah. had the piss someone around. would have moved her fucking chair from under or something yeah. you know what I mean it would, they would have ripped her about it so and to put, put it in the report yeah. it's especially been a woman and this would be why maybe the man they, ne- they never mentioned the male police officer's report on it because maybe he kind of didn't it maybe he was like well, I'm not fucking writing that the lads will fucking rip me for years what you might have to look at is where they were in the house now if the police women used to come along even I remember this when I was young and they'd immediately go okay you go with the mother and kids because it's more soothing than having a man in the room with them so the man might have gone off with a builder to look around the house yeah so she maybe may not it was have seen... only the police woman that yeah. observed that maybe yeah because yeah. yeah. you think like she goes in the Oh, what's she going to do if there's someone in the air? Send her in with the women and kids. No, it's a good point, actually. But yeah, so yeah, so that does, in my eyes, I feel that makes everything a lot more believable. The fact that she's been quite happy to write that report, just put her stamp on it and say, this fucking happened. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Now, once the police are called and, and did nothing, because they can't, Peggy rang the Daily Mail. Not to sell the story... But because she knew the paper often did ghost stories, uh, sorry, the Daily Mirror. The paper often did ghost stories, and they might actually know someone who can help yeah, them with this. Exactly, point them in the right point direction. Point them in the right direction, because something's clearly going on, and she, uh, she's obviously thought, well, alright, ghost? I don't know. I want to say this these are not clever people. I don't mean to demean them in any way. You know, Peggy, oh, didn't, know that Peggy didn't know what the word puberty meant. It had to be explained to her. Mm. You know, this is 1977. She's a child of the war. They're not. It, what you know what I mean? Mm. They're not ones to think. Oh, I'm going to sell me. I'm going to make an elaborate ghost story up. They said, although there is some evidence to say that if you lived in social housing and it was a bit shit and you wanted a better house, councils would sometimes move you if you claimed it was haunted. No, you're right on that. <laughs> that is a that is a fact. That is genuine. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, I've been having a bit of damp or something. I thought, right, <laughs> we're, in a new, we're in a new house. Yeah. A reporter came round with a photographer, and nothing happened, nothing at all, until they left. And then, as soon as they left, the bangs and the knocks started up again. They come running back in the house, and the reporter takes a Lego brick full in the face. What? Uh, Legos and marbles were always being thrown around in the house. No one ever saw where they came from. They would just—they would hit people. They would land on the floor next to you. They would hit the doors, things like that. Bounce off the walls. Could be a ninja. Could be a very <laughs> small ninja. It could be a tiny alien. Nah, it's just stupid. <laughs> Sasquatch. A tiny Sasquatch. Yeah. Or just an invisible Sasquatch. An invisible Sasquatch. Would, ex- <laughs> would explain the growls. Yeah. Eventually, they contact the Society for Psychical Research, one of the oldest. Societies who look into this stuff. Dan Aykroyd's granddad had something to do with its founding in America. I think the British chapter might be a little bit older. But this is a group of amateurs, let's say. But inquiring minds, people who want to find the truth out. I mean, Maurice Gross was an inventor, which I think is a fantastic job title. What do you do? I'm an inventor. He had some awesome cars as well. Well, it depends what film you're watching. <laughs> no, the, when you saw him in the actual mm. documentation on the first film we watched about it. Oh yeah, no, uh, I think he had, he had a Spitfire. Lovely little red Spitfire he yeah. had. Oh, beautiful little car. And then he had a Jaguar E-Type as well at some point because he, nice. he was showing family films of him and his wife. This mm. beautiful red Jaguar E-Type. Oh, gorgeous it was. Yeah, you shouldn't have sold that. They can go for like a million a pop now in original. He had a, he had a mint house as well. He obviously, he obviously earned a bit of money. Whatever yeah. he did, he was successful. <laughs> and uh, so Maurice Gross and Guy Lyon Playfair, who possibly has the best name in Ghost Investigation. <laughs> they spent 18 fucking months at this house. 18 months this went on for. 
It gradually evolved. They documented over a thousand cases of poltergeist activity, both with photos and audio. They had tape recorders running all over the place. Stranger things began to happen. Janet, the youngest daughter and middle child, spoke in strange voices and snarls and was thrown around her bedroom. One image shows her mid-air as a, in a seemingly impossible leap. She'll point out Janice was a gymnast at school. Not so impossible then. Okay, it may not be so impossible for a 12-year-old gymnast to make that jump. Although Guy Lyon Playfair claims the beds weren't that springy and he tried to bounce on one and couldn't, but he is a middle-aged man at this point, not a 12-year-old girl. That's the thing with these, the bed jumping photos, and if you Google this listener, they'll probably be the first images that come up that aren't the conjuring, the bed jumping. Now, to me, could be just a girl jumping off her bed. <laughs> to if them she, there, if she, she could have been tossed down, off the bed. If she was upside down or something, you'd find it a little bit mm. more believable, wouldn't you? But the fact that each photo, she is kind of like, it does look like she could have leapt. It does. And this is the issue with photographs in this scenario, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they could have done with a bit of film of this, really, couldn't they? Claire, yeah. I'm sure your boys have jumped off the bed and jumped on the bed, and they all, you know, I remember as a kid, I'd jump off the bed and do stupid things when I was in the air, you know, you got that brief moment of freedom in the air. Yeah. And we used to put the mattress on the floor and jump off the top bunk bed onto the floor and, <laughs> like, nut us as kids. Oh, so yeah, you top, off, off the top rope elbow drops. You didn't give a shit though, did you, at that age? <laughs> Made out of rubber and glue. <laughs> I used to go trampolining at that age, I used to love that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The snarls and strange voices we all get to shortly. I want to point out at this point when they go on about the jumping and the voices and that and, and knocks and things like that, the girls have admitted to some of them. So right. and like basically, like they've done something a bit naughty and then blamed it on the poltergeist, basically. Yeah, stuff like that. Even slightly thrown something, and it was, in the, mm, you know, yeah. and they they said like, oh, let's hide the tape recorder and blame it on the ghost, or the tape recorder was still running, so it was on there. He, you know, they were taking the piss with it a little bit. Some stuff, I, I think, is a bit weird. The marble incident when and Guy Lyon Playfair's there, he sees the mother go into the toilet, the door shuts, and like marbles hit the door and then just drop to the floor perfectly instead of bouncing off as they should. He then spends the rest of the night. Throwing marbles, one of the rest of the night, but a good portion of the night, throwing marbles against the door, trying to replicate it, and he can't. Because they just banked off and come back at him. Yeah. Mm. He saw the bathroom door open and shut four times, and there was no one in there. That could be wind. Could be wind. The latch might have been a bit dodgy. Mm. You never know. Some of the marbles, it could have been just get at that right angle where it just hits it and just drops. Yeah, but all of these did it one after the other, so you've got to be pretty yeah. accurate throw to do that. Or incredibly lucky. Maybe that's just the way it worked out that time. Yeah. Much of the equipment used in their investigation was often found to be malfunctioning upon entering the Hodgson household, despite working perfectly well beforehand. However, Janet was found to have hidden a tape recorder and was videotaped bending spoons on another occasion. Well, that could be a magic trick. We all know that. Yeah. I don't go for that. You're uh, again a protege. Yeah. I don't know about the malfunction equipment. I'm going to put that down as shoddy 1970s British engineering. Probably 1960s British engineering in terms yeah. of cameras, because they're not going to be brand spanking new, are they? No. But on that, I've watched many a ghost program where they have malfunctioning cameras that were working absolutely fine, brand new battery. The battery gets drained within minutes, and when they go into like a certain part, and obviously because it's apparently all EMF, isn't it? It's all like electrical, magnetical fields, uh, fe- frequencies that. It's unbelievable. But it, EMF. EMF hey. Unbelievable. It's song. song. Yeah. EMF, yeah. Yeah, it's about I'll the EMF. Joke. Oh, the band's called EMF. Yeah. Got, yeah. yeah. Fuck knows. I know the song, but I wouldn't know. Pete, where's your knowledge of 90s soft rock? Extreme motherfuckers, man. Yeah. Is that what it was? Oh, I always thought there was electromagnetic frequency. <laughs> <laughs> extreme motherfuckers. But either way, but yeah, so if you if you believe the fact that ghost frequency is on that frequency at the same time, which is why you get these EMF recorders and things like that that pick up the, the ghost's activity or the spirit's activity, whatever you want to call it, then you could understand it creating faults to electrical equipment, even more so in the late 70s because electrical equipment was shoddy as fook. Let's put your own plug on shit. Has anybody <laughs> got anything from the 70s that's electrical and still works? I doubt it. 
I doubt it now, yeah. I don't, it'd be so few and far between, and that's not because of, like we've changed plugs or anything like that. It's because it just like, but even British now, engineering in the nineteen seventies was in, in your average household appliance. You'd have been looking was not to the get, best. I mean, everyone was on fucking strike all the time, yeah. so you'd be looking yeah, to get five years out of something, basically. And you bought it. It was just literally wires coming at the back. You had to fit the plug on yourself back in then. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it seems lazy, doesn't it? Why don't you put the plug on with a finished product, you idle bastards? Well, you take the plug off the old products. Uh. It doesn't work anymore. Mm. Hopefully, it's, if, unless it's the plug that's a problem. Then you got to go and buy a new plug. But yeah. What happens if it's a brand new one? You know, you've got a brand, it's a brand new TV or whatever, and no plug on it. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, you put your own plugs on. Was there a shortage <laughs> of plugs? Or something? I don't know. That's the way they did it. But I think I do think that from evidence I've seen that is a common thing to happen is electrical equipment yeah. fails once it goes into a, in a highly known haunted place in the 70s you've got to put the plug on yourself like, botch it up mightn't you electrocute yourself start speaking in little growls and <laughs> <laughs> with the knocks and things I will point you to the direction of the Fox sisters who started modern spiritualism Two girls in America who said they could communicate with spirits through a series of knocks and raps. It turned out they actually trained themselves to clip their joints very loudly. Mm. And even admitted the whole thing was faked for money, even and, and no one believed them and spiritualism still going mm. on now. Maybe Janet and the older sister could do that. Maybe she trained herself to speak in a deep voice. Remember what you were saying earlier about them? Not the uh, brightest sparks... No. I find things like that hard to believe because they weren't that clever to think up shit like that. I don't think, and I don't mean that nastily. You listen to her now. Come on, let's face it. She's not. Tell you what, Janet looks fucking haunted. Well, she genuinely does. She really <laughs> does bless her. She looks. She looks like it's still affecting her now. But is that because a she was underwent all of this for real, or b she's now so consumed by her guilt for faking it no, that she can't, doesn't be so. like talking about it? Maybe very much. she had a mental illness and she was schizophrenic. Potentially. They don't. They don't remember well, well, when they switch personalities, do they, Claire? Okay, you're a mental health expert. Well, we yeah. spoke about this before, haven't we, with possession and things, where it is more than likely split personality disorder yeah. of some yeah. form. Or well, uh, epilepsy in some cases, in extreme epilepsy, isn't it? In some cases, mm. um, Anne Marie Nichols, the German girl, mm. she had extreme epilepsy, didn't she? Mm. Cause her to do. Uh, but you'd argue there's some multiple personality going on there as well. It could be. The weird thing with poltergeists is a lot of the activity seems to happen around girls who are uh, just starting to, let's say, flower. They've had their first period. Something about young girls and peers, whether that makes ghosts a bit noncy, whether there's some kind of fucking psychic build-up in the minds of, of girls undergoing their first period that creates poltergeist activity. It's what makes I have you no think idea. It's a, it's a common feature. Hmm. It's not just this case, it's a lot of cases, part of those cases, they all seem to revolve around a young girl who is just beginning to, the beginning of womanhood. Age. Yeah, no, it's, this is not the first is. time this has been recorded. I suppose you could put that down on the Exeter Road. 30 East Drive. 30 East Drive, that's the one. Black Monk upon Yeah. And that was the girl, wasn't it? A young girl getting yes. pulled up the stairs by her hair and um, things again, like that. Again, another one springs to mind is the Bell Witch in America. That's quite an interesting one, actually. Probably the first American haunting mm, recorded. I've not heard that mm. one. The young girl was the target of that, and then the focus moved to her father later on. But and they're like sharks, they can smell the blood. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, I'm starting to think there is some kind of mental energy build-up of a girl undergoing uh, some kind of hormone storm that causes poltergeist activity in, in some girls. When they go, almost like they're become, like trying to become a mutant, but it stops. Maybe it kind of acts like the slime in Ghostbusters 2. Something yeah. like <laughs> the angrier you that's, are, that's the both. angrier you are, the more uh, active it becomes. Did you ever experience anything odd when you transitioned to a woman? My Claire was born yeah, a woman. She was born a girl, wasn't she? She transitioned to a woman. Whole point. It could all be just the hormones. You're going a bit crazy, to be fair. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but they do say negative energy helps feed spirits, doesn't it? it negative energy in, in, seems to... In poltergeist cases, yes, that's, yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, the more Because remember, this isn't a 
a happy home, even the father's left, he's got a new girlfriend, he comes around once a month to drop off his, his child support with his new girlfriend, which the kids don't really know him anymore. So it's not exactly what you'd call a, a happy home. I don't like, I don't like that, uh, the negative energies. Well, I, I'm, just saying, it, I'm not saying that's, that's true and that's what happens, mm. are we? But it's like it does seem to be, Skeptical with poltergeist cases... The more ne- negative the environment, or girls, the more girls going through puberty at once in the household, seems to attract it more. The phenomena occurs more in those in these cases. I'm more likely to believe it's the girl doing it herself. A bit of like a seven, uh, not seven, eleven out of Stranger mm. Things. But is that caused by some kind of build-up of hormone power? Have you watched? She unlocks part of her brain. I haven't yet. No spoilers. I no spoilers on the net. Oh, we watched a film last night, The Northman. So we didn't get a chance to. We're back on it tomorrow. They believe much of the activity surrounding the Enfield ghost was genuine. However, they suspect that some of the occurrences were exaggerated by Janet for increased attention by reporters. Mm. For example, Playfair said that Bill, one of the voices... Let's talk about Bill for a moment. Bill's the guy that apparently, or did, die in the chair downstairs in that house. He had a brain hemorrhage, he went to sleep, he passed away. Bill, speaking through Janet, told Maurice Voltz on tape this is... How happened? Everyone's like, well, how would she know that? Well, my answer to that is that parents... People used to go round there, each other's houses a lot more in the 70s. There were neighbours, yeah. wouldn't they? Pop round for a cup or go and see how they're doing. It was a bit more of a community thing going on. Oh, you bet as soon as they moved in, that was one of the first oh, things Oh, of course it would be. Let's go and meet the new neighbours. Oh, yeah, old Bill used to live here before. Passed away in that chair. <laughs> yeah, but, no, no, but that was 50 years prior. It was fifty over fifty no, it years ago. It was still after the war. They said in that in, in, it was. I think it was fifty. It was over fifty years ago. He was there. Well, someone knew about it because that's what because they asked him like how long ago, how long ago, and he says it's over fifty years. Yeah, well, that would have took him back to <clears throat> pre-war, wouldn't the, it? The twenties, late twenties. I know, but either way, it could be that something. I mean, someone kicking about still. Bill used to live here. Yeah? Ed oh, was yeah. in the twenties, wasn't he? You're the ghost you contacted the Ouija board yeah. years ago. Ed, yes, you were. We did. We did. Yeah. We contacted the... Well, we did a Ouija board. <laughs> and we asked some questions. We found out that its name was Ed. It oh. died when it was eight or something in the 1920s. And then we just shit ourselves and just <laughs> threw it in the bin. <laughs> it was a homemade one. And we were like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, you're a complete sceptic. Yeah. How can you be a complete sceptic if you know none of you were fucking around with well, that? I don't know, do I? Yeah, Ouija boards weren't like I was like 14 um, at the time. We did an episode on Ouija boards. It can be proven that 14, you can all move it without knowing you're moving it. When I was 14, I, perhaps I believed in it. As mm. I got older, I become more sceptical. Mm. Realise now that's one of the lads was probably just fucking about. No, there's a thing where you all move it without realising you're moving it. Yeah. It's a psychological yeah. thing. And, and we have done the episode because we've on the pod haven't we I wanted to do a Ouija board on the pod and Mike wouldn't the, do it some of the it might not work we said they're doing nothing for fucking it ages. didn't work but from the research we oh. found out that they did test some people and they did a Ouija board and then they did it again they did it blindfolded everyone did it, it blindfolded work. it was fucking nonsense yeah, yeah. it is a phenomenon but it's a, it's a party game yeah if you've got a pre-existing psychological condition or you really 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 believe in it then yeah, it can be a bad thing because you choose to ignore that it's not real. But I've seen Ouija boards where they've been on like a big table, like really big table, and they've been doing the Ouija board and the table starts like yeah, table, and moving it's, it's, and lifting. I've seen yeah, once yeah, table tipping. Table it's been, been around since Victorian times. Yeah. But the table's completely yeah, le- yeah. levitated. Yep, yep. It's all been done. It's a. It's one of the. It was one of the first medium tricks on stage. Table tipping. Mm. Yeah, been around since the late 1800s. It's debunked, yeah. Hmm. Darren Rowan it? will quite happily perform that for you on stage. But how's it done? It's done with very light pressure by all of you. Yeah, but what if nobody's touching it whatsoever? Then it's done with strings. But what if there is no strings? There's got to be something. And it can be done, really trust likely. me. What? I'm not a magician. I don't know the secrets of the magic circle. Yeah. But I've seen many um, a sense if you're sceptical or not, though, if you believe in it, well, you, seen, see, you see this happening, you're thinking, well, what the fuck? Well, if you don't know any better and you don't know that it's yeah. an easily tri- a fake thing, then you're going to go, oh, my God, it's ghosts. Mm. But, no, sadly, it's magic. And magic with a C at that It moment. was like the woman that invented ectoplasm. Yeah, yeah, she uh, was doing the witchcraft act. 
I wish you know, eventually. Yeah. On stage, you spit out this sort of white stuff, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, then they found it was like she could just hold long johns in her mouth. It was like <laughs> cloth, yeah, that covered in some kind of gunk and stuffed into her stomach, and then she regurgitates it. Nice. That's where ectoplasm comes from, that mm. woman. No way. Yeah. Alright, let's talk about Janet. Most of the activity was centred around Janet. A lot of people believe the Enfield podcast is a hoax and nothing more than the figment of a creative yet troubled young girl. As I say, unhappy family. She's very creative, very dramatic, very outspoken. She's a middle child, she wants attention. She's also a gymnast. You know, she's probably the most talented out of the siblings, that, or certainly the, the eldest two. The other girl is very quiet, very reserved. Janet's outgoing, she wants the attention. Many investigators believe the story begins and ends with Janet. The newspapers wrote about the Enfield ghost and the Enfield poltergeist, and many also wrote scathing stories about her. Whether or not she was lying about some or all of the activity, as we said, we do know that she's lied about some of it, and her and her sister faked some of it. How much of that? As we said, the uh, guy line play for her, Morris Boltz, did overcoded a thousand incidents, so how many of them were them casually throwing a marble across the room or even 90% though even if you think <coughs> like that there'd still be 100 incidents only takes genuine one, wouldn't it only takes one genuine one doesn't it yeah yeah and as a mother I would have moved you know if these things were happening well, you'd have tried often, wouldn't you yeah. I would have moved yeah yeah else. but maybe that wasn't an option in them days I don't know 77 housing crisis I'm not sure I, I don't really know we're probably still rebuilding after the war in all fairness trying to knock up as much social housing as possible mm. It was before Thatcher, so there was plenty of council houses then. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Would it have been easy to move from house to house in their situation? Um, that's the thing. I didn't want to move it. Yeah, she's actually they'd actually lived there a long time. She mm. didn't want to move. She'd been there twelve years. Mm. You know, she didn't want to move. That was what bored. It's my home, and there was no activity at all before. It weird. It's weird no. that it only started like. With 12 Janet. years down the line when she was 12 yeah. when she started puberty so either it's mm. a puberty monster a nonce ghost with the scent of a shark <laughs> <laughs> or she's making it all it's an interesting one the, I mean it's her story she goes on to do the voices a lot doesn't she guys I mean doing a lot of voices doing the I mean, is she practising when she can? Does she go to after-school ventriloquist club? Because mm-hmm. if it does hurt your throat, if I go, if I start talking like that, like a weird Palpatine, it hurts my throat after a while. Mm. It hurts my throat now. Hang on. <coughs> it's made me cough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm a, my vocal cords are a bit more fucked up than Janet's because I smoke. Could go. she... She probably did she? in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> what are you giving here? <laughs> I haven't bought a guy's trouble for his 20 fags a day I'll write you a prescription <laughs> doctor she's 12 but I make it 30 <laughs> get a hook nice and young I've lost my train of thought now yeah alright so maybe some people are naturally gifted at being able to throw their voice to talk in a deep voice to utilise mm. the, the vocal cords in that way speaking in a guttural way isn't it speaking in a guttural way is it a possibility that she was one of those individuals well, yeah, 100%. I think some of the the stuff that she came out with was very childish and plainly it was her doing it. Some of the stuff in the documentary you watched mm. when she's been interviewed with her sister. I'll tell you a joke. Yeah, and it was just like, that's something a 12-year-old would say. Mm. When she started to have her first period the day after, she did in the bill voice... Why do, why do women have periods? And then one of them had to go and take her upstairs for an hour and explain to her why women have periods. And what, Why is Bill the ghost so interested in that? But I bet Janet, the little girl, is. Yeah, exactly. Either Bill or Bill's a nonce. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like maybe it was a way of getting that one-to-one attention that she did crave in a family where attention... Wasn't at her, because she had her, two younger brothers. Two and... younger brothers, six and nine, six and seven. Mm. Well, and it's a strange and confusing time as your body changes, isn't it? Exactly. Plus, you've got all the turmoil in society at the time, the strikes oh, and low wages and... Cold War. Cold War. Threat of impending nuclear doom. Maybe mm. she'd watch Threads. I know it wasn't that then. No, it wasn't then. But you think as well, like, schooling, things like that weren't quite as forward on teaching... Oh, I'd imagine there was like very... That. No, I'd imagine there was no 
sexual education in 1977 in this country? More Just have 10 pints yeah. and figure it out. Or you learn <laughs> it off your dad's mate's tattoo. Is a rag and a stick. What <laughs> <laughs> sexual education? I know you went to grammar school, Mike. But none of mine involved rags on sticks. <laughs> <laughs> was it in a shower as well? School, Mike. Exactly. It was just condoms and stuff, wasn't it? Mike, I think you were molested. Spermicidal cream. <laughs> Spermicidal cream. Did we actually use that? Yeah, they did. We used to spray it in people's bags, didn't we? For a laugh. We put their bag on with all this fucking spermicidal cream in. <laughs> Should not let that go around the classroom. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> we used to just do fart bombs. <laughs> um, so is it a possibility that she began to exaggerate some of the activities around her to gain more notoriety, exposure and attention? Or as perhaps, as I said before, typically poltergeist encounters occur around young women before entering puberty. And she was of the age. Mm. Let's talk about the Warrens briefly. The Warrens who literally said, oh, the Conjuring, Conjuring 2, Enfield Honey, we were there. We'll tell you about that. We'll get a story out of this. Conjuring 1 was obviously Annabelle. They were there one day, weren't they? They were literally there one day. They turned up unannounced, were there for a day, came away, and Ed did his usual thing of, hey, I could make some money out of this. And they did. They are the biggest frauds going. I mean, they jumped on the Amityville case, which is a proven hoax. Hmm. Proven hoax, they jumped on it as if it was real. They turned up and basically made a lot of money out of it, but they are lying bastards. I didn't realise the uh, amateur film was a hoax. Yeah, the uh, family admitted to it. They cooked it up with a lawyer and Ronnie DeFeo, who did the murders. Yeah, they cooked it all up together to make money from book sales. The exorcist had just dropped and a lot of people wanted hmm. real-life ghost tales. So he was just a fucked-up chicken and killed He was just a fucked-up kid, doing a lot of drugs, didn't like his abusive dad. Decided in some kind of weird, weird drugged up frenzy that he should do the old family to. Yeah, we did a two-parter, didn't we? Yeah, we did. With all the stuff about blood running down the walls and flies and things like that, all invented. Mm. All of it invented. Never. Let's talk about the voices. Perhaps the most interesting part of the whole case centres on Bill, the voice that Janet was heard to use and speak with on many occasions. It's a stern, low tone. There uh, some research suggests the idea of using a different voice or several different voices might have been planted in Janet's head by Gross. Janet told reporters that Gross had told her that the voices were needed to talk and immediately following, the voices came. <laughs> I watched, this is a weird clip, I think it was in the documentary as well that we watched, where he's like, it sounds like a dog barking almost. She's doing like a, oh, oh, like that. And then she's like, say Dr. So-and-so, this is all the research, say Dr. So-and-so, and she like barks the name like a dog does when it goes sausages. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what it's saying like to me. But maybe that was her practising because the voice got a lot more detailed after that. Mm. Went from barking to deep barks to her being able to talk, maybe it was training. Something to explain to her is how Janet could have known that Bill died of a hemorrhage in the armchair in the living room of the house. That was later confirmed by Bill's son that a man named Bill had died in the house. So that is a bit of a mystery. But then again, people do talk. Yeah. Maybe she overheard something. Maybe they were looking into the history of the house and she wasn't supposed to be around. She was in bed. And they were all sat in the kitchen talking about the history of the house. Or maybe it's just like the kids outside. Oh, there's someone died in that house. <laughs> of a hemorrhage. I thought they'd be saying things like that, though, would they? Like young kids of that kind of age. Not the hemorrhage. Yeah, but it's like the detail of it. So she must have. She's either heard it from, like you say, like like that, or she's just Bill. It is Bill feeding that information through her. Now, after a year and a half of activity, the phenomena at the Enfield House abruptly came to an end. No one knew why, but these sorts of hauntings are common with poltergeists. They stop, they start, and the family gets back to normal. During that year and a half, many phenomena occurred. Furniture moving, electrical equipment malfunctioning, Janet smoking different voices and snarls, knocks and banging sounds could be heard from around the house. And from what we can tell, the family could not find a source for any of these activities, at least in the beginning. Let's talk briefly about the documentary The Country one we watched, just again, is she embellished a lot in that. We went to see apparitions, to violent behaviour towards her. Oh, the levitating, we missed it. She, she was seen levitating in her bedroom. In the front room. Oh, she was in her bedroom. Two people on the street witnessed it. 
Right. She was sort of where they could see her in the windowsill, sort of floating past mm. in the window, horizontally. But that could have been, I don't know. Maybe was, maybe the two brothers were older and they couldn't be seen under the windowsill. There was, the, there was the lollipop lady that saw That's her the incident, levitating yeah. up and yeah. down, lying flat. Going up and down, so that's a strange one. It's 1977. Was she on lithium? Mm. <laughs> was she drunk? <laughs> Health and safety wasn't what it was. <laughs> was it a trick of the light? Maybe she needed to get spec savers. Maybe she should have got the spec savers. It's a weird one. Right, I'm going to stick my neck out here. I'm going to say that the first bit of it, where there's the marbles and the activity and the knocks. I don't think it's a poltergeist, but something was going on that was a bit weird and I think it was too much to explain for the little girls doing it all on their own. Mm. The second half, when she starts doing the voice and acting possessed, I think is her wanting attention. Mm. Yeah, the way, for, for me, it's the way that it sort of escalates. Yeah. And then just finishes. It's weird that Maurice Gross became kind of a new daddy to the family because he was there for 18 months. He'd lost his own daughter, also named Janet, in a motorcycle accident. And maybe just like, hey, I've, you know, it's like new family kind of thing. Daddy. And he kind of did become new daddy. And to stay there longer, he had to keep inventing things going on. Yeah. He was to say, he was an inventor, remember, Maurice? Maybe that's something we're looking at here, that Maurice Gross was an inventor. Mm. Maybe he's, you know, for a joke in some way maybe they were all in on it I don't know maybe he'd invented little compressed air guns that he'd planted all around the house that fired marbles out yeah I mean it's me, to, it could be in a really elaborate hoax by the inventor <laughs> the guy whose job is literally to make up mad shit Maurice Gross for me it's either on one hand a hoax or the other hand you have to believe in nonce ghosts so, I'm going with hoax. Does the idea of a nonce ghost terrify you? <laughs> it's a bit terrifying, isn't it? Well, obviously not for me, I'm an adult, you know? Yes. You won't be praying, you won't be praying after me. It depends on what the ghost is. Maybe it's relative. <laughs> no, I think I'm safe now. Pete, you scared of nonce ghosts? <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghost. Yeah, what about a nonce ghost? Definitely not. <laughs> I'll tear him a new one. If he comes anywhere near... My children. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's... It's a head blagger either way, isn't mm. it? It's 50-50. It's either... They are, it's all completely truthful. Like I say, you, you think the police reports, things like that. So things like that that were happening, I believe in. The voices, yeah, it's quite easily her. Because I'm quite good at doing different voices and... I could probably hold it off for quite a while without without anything hurting my throat. I could try and talk like it for half an hour to prove it, but I can't be asked. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't... Yeah. So I can I can believe someone can easily manipulate their voice. Yeah. No problem. And, all right, if she's talking constantly for three hours, yeah, that's going to hurt your throat. Said, they said that there was times of, like three hour periods where she'd be talking in this voice yeah, but, but there'd be probably long pauses in between is, a sentence there is if you, if you listen to the audio there is like a good sort of eight to ten seconds pause in between a a small sentence answering <laughs> you know giving an answer in that, might, that might be three or four words yeah you know and I think the barking would, would actually sort of train the vocal cords a little bit wouldn't it mm. you know like does that yeah, make I sense? Think she's a troubled girl, personally. I think that that was for attention. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think she was encouraged by Maurice Gross and others. Mm, how much of the hoaxing was? How much of it they did do? We will never know. Mm. I don't know. I, maybe the, the chair moving and the policewoman seeing it and recording it, and she's examined the chair, picked it up, had a look at it. I think he's weird. Mm. I think that's, that stands out. That's probably the best evidence. Yeah. Better than any of the pictures, photos, mm. voices, re recordings, things like that. I think that's the best bit of evidence. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Go yeah. on. Well, I just, I just think it's more likely a hoax, isn't it? Because the parents, the mother, didn't move them away. Hmm. 
you know, she was a bit troubled and maybe maybe they were like the attention as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a bit of a boring campus. life, isn't it? Yeah. Semi detached council house in Enfield, London. Yeah. I so I go with that. I think, I think not all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put me pin on it and say it's a poltergeist, but uh, something. The, the, the marbles, the, the stuff moving around, the knocks, the wraps. Some of it can be faked. A lot of it probably was. I think the extent that Gross and Playfair say a thousand cases. I think that's a lot to fake in the time. There was definitely something strange in the neighbourhood. Yeah, there was. Yeah, that family. <laughs> Actually, there was an invisible man sleeping in the bed as well. Yeah, the mother reported that there was a, an outline of a head and, and, and a body on the pillow, even though no one had slept in, on, the, on the bed itself with the duvet, as if someone was lying yeah, on the bed, bed in Janet's bed. Mm, Could have been right. a nonce ghost. Could have been a nonce. Just <laughs> saying, this is my bed. <laughs> Claiming it. Bill was a nonce. Noncey Bill. Well, yeah, he could have just been a nonce, and <laughs> and then obviously his spirit went on and was still a nonce. So yeah. That could be an explanation for why it's the young girls that uh, maybe poltergeists are poltergeists because they were a bad human, they were a nonce or something like that. Maybe that's what makes a poltergeist. Well, I'm not looking forward to when Jimmy Savile fucking comes back. <laughs> maybe he already is. He could be nonsing someone as we speak. We don't oh, know. God. I wonder if there's poltergeist activity. Is that like children's homey thing that he used to go visit? Is that still around? Does that place still exist? Yeah, yeah. So it's the hospital at Leeds, isn't it? I wonder if there's any reported poltergeist activity. I don't know, let's yeah, go. Dick road trip to Leeds. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, have you had any poltergeist activity? We think Jimmy Savile might be back as a ghost. <laughs> we, we figured <laughs> out We figured out poltergeists. <laughs> just, just get out. Yeah, that would be it, wouldn't it? Just get out. In the back rain, you just see a shadow just flip past it. <laughs> Jimmy Sam. Now then, now then. Nonsense makes me feel good. <laughs> oh, oh, fix it. We, we shouldn't laugh really, but yeah. It's tragic, it's terrifying. Alright, that's, that's my fault. I'm, I'm done with the Enfield progress. Anyone else got anything else they want to add? No, I'm good. I'll set my yeah, piece. That's it, yeah. Alright, are we ending the show? Facts. Fucked up facts. Alright then, Mike, hit us with some knowledge of the fucked up variety. Okey-doke. Last week, archaeologists in Northumberland found a stone with an image of a phallus and the Latin phrase meaning secundinus the shitter. Experts believe the phallic image was not a good luck symbol, but was supposed to add to the force of the written insult. What's the written insult mean? Is Secundus someone's name? Yeah. That's like so Secundus is a shit. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Mm. Yeah. Something deep seated in the human psyche about drawing dicks on things. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are just dicks, aren't they? They are. Especially Secundus. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Until the end of World War II, people of the Marshall Islands used special navigation maps made of sticks that showed not only the position of various islands with shells, but also ocean wave patterns around the islands with curved lines. Hmm. Nice. So, uh, that's a picture of it. Oh well, looks like nothing to me. Mm. Looks a bit more abstract than I was thinking it was going to be as well. Yeah, there's the position of the islands. It shows you the wave patterns. No, that's see. Quite, quite good, actually. Mm. All right, fair enough. Good for them. I prefer a map. When was that? Before World War Two. Mm. Presumably they gave more maps in World War Two. Well, that's when the Americans sort of... Oh, yeah, took over, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's when you had the cargo cults. Yeah, they're quite fun. In Polish slang, if you want to say that someone is overdressed... You can say that they are dressed up like a rat for the opening of a sewer. No, <laughs> like it. They literal people, the Polish. Well, we've got she's dressed in dressed as lamb. Yeah. Lamb dressed as ma'am. It's a young girl dressed up as someone older. What was it? <laughs> you got mutton dressed as lamb and yeah. lamb dressed as ma'am. I've never heard that one. So no, I haven't either. Stay clear of the lamb dressed as ma'am because she's probably a uh, jailbait. <laughs> Apparently, reading spoilers beforehand doesn't spoil the fun. 
It probably doesn't, you just know it's going to happen. Mm. Knowing the plot beforehand actually enhances your enjoyment. Yeah, I can believe that. I've done that in some... Well, I, I, had the first, I had the spoilers of the first season, first four seasons of Game of Thrones. Well, first five, technically, I'd read the book, so... I knew what was going to happen, barring any major changes. I think knowing that Eleven died in that last episode, I think that's a... T- <laughs> <laughs> That was a fake spoiler. Mm-hmm. A joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm still yet to watch the last few episodes of Stranger Things. There is no evidence stretching before exercise reduces the risk of injury. Mm. I don't know, man. I think I've had some pretty keen aching muscles the day after if I haven't stretched properly before mm. and after. Why did they get you to I do think, it I think that's bollocks. I, I call bollocks on that. There's maybe no evidence, but it depends on the person, doesn't it? Some people do, some people don't. Makes sense, doesn't it? To stretch before you start doing yeah. exercises. Because otherwise we get the footballs out to warm them up. Yeah, apparently it doesn't do anything. Right, well, that's weird. Mm. I'm not convinced on that. Okay. For the first time we're disputing a fucked up fact. Mm. Any doctors who know about this shit send us a message, let us know we're wrong. Perhaps that there's no evidence because no one's actually looked into it. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure if you were to ask any like PT or physical well, trainer... Or sports doctor, I'd say, yeah, they'd say you should probably warm the muscles before. Well, I'm thinking back to like my time in the forces and that, like your PTs and that, they're very, very, very well trained physical instructors. And the most important thing at the beginning of anything is stretching. Yeah. End of. Like, yeah. Yeah, That's what we were told. Yeah, yeah. I've I've not stretched before a workout and ate more the next day. I mean,. Ah, but it's just—it's all about reducing the risk of injury. You might ache, but yeah, mm. reduce the risk of injury. Well, no, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, I, I've torn muscles and that, and I've stretched before, so yeah, I can understand that maybe. When no, you maybe it's just our own uh, misunderstanding. Yeah, right? yeah. Fact validated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I make a stamping noise. <laughs> there we go. Scientists at the University of East Anglia spent seven years trying to discover why men exist. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like the funding could have gone to better things. For procreation? Hunter, gatherer, protector. It took them seven years to to not even work that out. I don't even know if they came to conclusion. It doesn't sound like they did, does it? No. What a waste of time and money. (laughs) They should have just asked us. Procreation, hunt, <laughs> done. Yeah. Men are kind of genetically wired to be hunter gatherers, aren't they? Providers, protectors, that kind of thing. I mean, maybe not so much in the modern time, but that's back in the day. That was mm. that was it, wasn't it? What a waste of time and money. And this is why men exist, as opposed to not some other kind of gender. I guess because the evolutionary path could have gone down a different route, and men could have been slightly different. Could have had two dicks. <laughs> you know, but then again, why not ask the question, why do women exist? Why did women evolve into that form? It just, just seems to be a pointless question to me. Let's, yeah. You know, there could Seven be, years. There could be better things to be, you know. Uh, cancer needs curing, guys. Maybe you could have a look at that. Yeah, yeah. We could have evolved the same way flowers do. <laughs> what, we just sort of <laughs> release into spunk. the wind? <laughs> Yeah, or hey. you get bees to land on your car. <laughs> and then gently masturbate you until then, then they take away your semen. I'm glad we evolved the way we did. You know, give them some kind of reward, like a bit of nectar comes out your car. Yeah, that's it, they just collect your seed and they're yeah. taken away. Because yeah, bees would have had to evolve as well. A woman that bees. wants to get pregnant has to open her legs. And let the bees. In front of a window, let the bees. What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, the human race have been in a lot of trouble during declining bee numbers. Yeah. But at the same time, might be a lot of accidental pregnancies and people not... <laughs> so that would make Father's Day very interesting, wouldn't it? If, you know, some bloke down the road, an eight-year-old bloke down the road gets wanked off by bees, the bees take this spunk around and it ends up in some, like, 20-year-old girl's vagina, then you're gonna, that's going to be an awkward Father's Day, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> How did we get onto that? No idea. 
<laughs> Basically having sex with bees. I got I got lost in the idea in the, in the logistics of it. I think the next fact was a bee fact. I was looking at it and it was on a flower, so that's why I came up with that theory. Because <laughs> bees are now legally considered a type of fish in California. What? Does that mean you're going to have bee fishermen who are going to sit there with like a, a stick and a flower on the end of a string waiting for bees to come along? Hold on, right? Is there is there some kind of explanation? Tighten them onto their cocks. <laughs> is there some kind of explanation for this ludicrous theory? That's all it says. Right. Okay. Well, interesting. Well done, California. You can tell get weeds leaving in California, can't you? Okay. I got into comments. Apparently, someone said it's to protect them under the California Endangered Species Act. Ah. Okay. Not the prevalence of strong edibles and weed. Mm. Legally. No, okay. Man, these fucking little buzzing fish. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> They're more like fish than anything. Uh. Right then. The oldest known wild bird is an albatross who laid eggs in 2021, age 70. Wow. Oh, cool. Are albatrosses lucky or unlucky if you're at sea? Lucky, innit? Do you know you're near land? Yeah. Could be. I think of the Iron Maiden song "Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner," but I can't remember where it goes. That explained the albatross thing. Goddamn. Mm. Oh well. Next one, then, Mike. Okay. Mice find being near bananas stressful. I find being near bananas stressful. I don't like them very much. Stressful. Well, really? it's just I'm like, ugh. It's like... disgusting. I want to try them blue bananas. Are they blue like the passports for Brexit? They're like bright blue, like an aquamarine blue sort of thing. Right. Yeah, and this apparently is... they they taste like the constituency of ice cream and taste like vanilla, so it tastes like vanilla ice cream. Mm. What is that? Blue, blue bananas. bananas. What, what the fuck are blue bananas? Blue bananas, bananas that are blue. Different type of banana. Hmm. Yeah. The albatross, by the way... The sailors look look after the albatross whilst navigating. For it's a sign of good luck, finesse and dignity. The albatross used to be a weather predictor. A magical being that warned people of storms, wind and rain. With the albatross you could never get lost because the bird was like a living compass. Oh, that's why they fucking tied the albatross around his neck in their song then. Because he killed it. Mm. And they tied it to the mast and hung the dead bird around his neck. Ah, I explained it then. And they'd always be following the albatross, essentially. It's just like a punishment, isn't it? Hmm. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. I think it's on the Brave New World album. Damn good album. Does anybody here like snakes? Yeah, I like snakes. Yeah, mind yeah, them. Right. You'll be right then. Global warming may lead to larger snakes. Cool. As long as there ain't no fucking 30-foot anacondas roaming around England, I don't give a fuck. Titanoboa. He was like... Oh, it was massive. His head would just basically just about fit through this door. Wow. God, we have to make smaller doors. <laughs> How long ago were they? Uh, it's a few million years ago. They used to live in like the swamps in what the America. What did they eat? Well, fucking... Whatever they could fit yeah. in their gob. Big things. It's strange like, how you went to that and my mind went to Salma Hayek dancing with a snake in Dust Till Dawn. I was thinking, well, more snakes, bigger snakes would be a good thing because Salma Hayek could dance more. Ah, but then the snake would cover more of her body. Ah, oh, yeah, shit. You want smaller snakes yeah. than that? That's bad news then. <laughs> and does anybody like playing Scrabble? Not really, no. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Has anyone ever played Welsh Scrabble? <laughs> Can you imagine it? Me, Peter, oh, piss. Whatever letters came down, you could just chuck them on the board God, and it made a Welsh word. There's an abundance of W's and H's. There's two letter tiles in Welsh Scrabble, such as NG, RH, and DD. Well, yeah, DD is D, just yeah. a th noise anyway. Yeah. Or you'd have LL as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Major. Oh, who cares? Someone buy him a fucking vowel. Mm. wonder if you could, like, keep putting words together to make that really long word and how many points it would be worth oh christ campfire puff gwingi campfire puff gwingi cwgech yn throwwyrth sansgilio go go goch one of the longest known yeah. words just call it in languages welsh tell that i've done with it I did bow after doing that. <laughs> it was very really impressive I actually a, i expected a round of applause it was very really impressive actually <laughs> yeah, i'll give you that as well I had, a, I had an ex-girlfriend who was a fluent Welsh speaker. 
and out of all the words, I managed to remember <laughs> it was that one. <laughs> but it is it's a place, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah, and it, it yeah. means something along the lines of little house on top of the hill or something along those kind of lines. Well, I'm pretty sure the Manic Street Preachers are from there, the band. Oh. I think they're from there. Isn't like, that the one with the nonce? No, that was Lost Prophets you're thinking of. Right. You're the singer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the band that had one of the members disappear. That's right. Richie Black. Richie Manic. Richie Manic. No, no one knows if he's alive or not, but they keep putting money in his account and keeps on emptying out sometimes. Hmm. He's just probably trying to pronounce the name of his town where he came from. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta eat some food. Oh, I'm lost. I can't get home because I can't see where I live. I can tell you where I live, but it'll take you thirty years. Let me thirty years. <laughs> It's that one, you know, um, 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 and we'll end on this one. 85% of people secrete a chemical that reveals their blood type to mosquitoes. Interesting. Yeah, I always get bitten to shit. Mm. I'm sweet. And this is why the mosquito repellent, what it does, it, if any of that excretion comes out, it's confused with the smell of the repellent. So that's what I want to know works. is why do the mosquitoes care what blood type? They probably find O negative tastier than oh, rhesus B or you know what I mean. Yeah. It's one of those. I don't get bitten by mozzies that much, and I'm fairly rare. I'm a negative. Ian, Ian never got bit bitten, by no. mozzies. The find it more horrible, women that get horrible bit as blood. Well. Mm. Yeah, it's not got very tasty blood. Maybe it's something to do with people that drink a lot of beer. That's meant to stop mosquitoes biting you, actually. Because Ian used to drink a lot of beer. Yeah. You drink a lot of beer. Maybe that's something mm. to do with it. Puts them off. The smell of the alcohol coming out of your pores, because obviously it's excreted through your pores as mm. well as your pee, puts the mozzies off. And to be fair, you drink one day and it'll probably take a day or two for to be... Four, 24 hours it's in your system for alcohol or something like that? Yeah, detectable, but you might find it oh, yeah, secre- yeah. secreting from your body for... Yeah. Two, three days, maybe. Actually, I'm a negative, so I mean, I don't struggle that much. What blood type are you, Claire? O. O? Just a flat O. Flat O, most O positive, whatever, yep. Pete? I think I'm an O positive. No idea. No idea. I'm the, I'm, I've got the useful blood that can go with anybody. It's one of them, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yes. Or I can have any blood. O negative is a little rarer. I'm A negative, which is the fourth most rare. Which is why they never let me give blood. Because mm. I've got loads of that, I don't need it. Mm. I'll be one has it. I don't know, fuck you then. <laughs> you at least give me a biscuit. <laughs> Turned up, didn't I? Yeah. Where's my cup of tea and biscuit? Yeah. I need that biscuit later for the biscuit game. <laughs> why would I be playing the biscuit game at work, Mike? <laughs> why not? Well... Some days are slower than others. <laughs> On that bombshell. On that bombshell, let's end the show. I've been Ben. Thank you very much for listening. Don't drink the flavour aid and don't join a call. Oh, yeah, Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire. Keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. And I've been Pete. Don't play the biscuit game. Trust me. Ugh. <laughs> oh, dear.